Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another exciting edition of Plank of the Week. And once again, we've got loads and loads of planks to choose from because guess what? We're in the midst of a pandemic. We keep being told we are, even though we're supposed to be out of it already. I'm delighted to say uh, that for the first time ever on Plank of the Week, Darren Grimes joins us uh, from his... um, eerie in the northeast of England. He's come down especially to be on Plank of the Week, which is very, very rewarding for me as well, personally. And Emily Carver as well, who is, of course, a regular uh, on this particular uh, film set, this television area uh, here at News UK. So who's your first one? Well, the first one I've gone for, actually, is the Tory party, which I've just resigned my membership of. I saw. Yes, this week, Mike. So that's a talk radio exclusive. There we are. And and the reason being is that they don't know their arse from their elbow, frankly. Sorry to swear, two minutes in. but. Um, they're all over the shop on everything from vaccine passports Mm. one minute they're vehemently opposed to them on the grounds that they would I guess create a sort of healthcare apartheid in which you've got the clean and the unclean that can do sort of separate things and access different services to the others and I just thought that was so I found that really objectionable Mm. I know you did as well (laughs) Well, Um, where they said they'd come out and said I completely agree with you. You had Nadim Zahawi, the vaccines minister, saying, yes, they would be discriminatory. And then two minutes later, you've got them using it as a tool to try and get our generation to get the vaccine. And, you know, in some ways, it's actually I think it's actually worse that it might not be true that they want to bring them in, but they're willing to threaten to bring them in in order to get you guys to get the jab. I think that's quite That's what I hate. They just continue to hide the truth throughout this pandemic, not telling us why they're doing things. Yeah, it's like we can't handle the truth somehow, so you better not tell them. Yeah, and there's sort of, you know, that it might might not even get in, in through Parliament for COVID vaccines, right. but yet they're still threatening them in order to get people who, by and large, aren't going to suffer from this disease to get a vaccine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you may think that's a good or a bad thing, but, it, you know, the government shouldn't be lying like that. But also knowing what we know about the vaccine, especially since the Secretary of State for Health has managed to get COVID since mm-hmm. having both vaccines, mm-hmm. actually doesn't stop you getting it no. or indeed giving it to anybody else. Yeah. And we can argue until the cows come home that it's good uh, for you if you do get it because it means it will be a milder form of it or whatever. But, you know... The idea that they somehow now think that, um, you know, they won't be able to get it through Parliament because Keir Starmer is going to vote against it. I think that's probably a mistake because he's already making noises to suggest that he might not go against it. In fact, he might want something worse. And the polls are actually showing a narrowing of the Tory lead. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think they're making it quite easy for him because Mm. they honestly, they cannot make their minds up on things. They're all over. the. It's a well-known adage, isn't it, that too many U-turns and you end up in the U-bend. Yes. And I think that that's what they're at Well, do you know, I don't know whether you noticed this over the course of the last couple of days, but Charles Walker, you know, has been a big critic of the government in many, many ways. I don't know whether you've noticed. Somebody pointed out to me yesterday, all of his tweets have disappeared. Oh, have they? Yeah. All of his tweets since about March of last year have just gone. Now, hmm. it may well be some, there may be a simple explanation for it. I haven't asked him. People have been tweeting him saying, what's happened to all your tweets? But they've all gone. So all of the really critical stuff that he was doing outside Parliament, you know, with the way that the police were operating mm-hmm. in the demonstrations, all of that 
John. It's just fear of cancel culture, isn't it? I've noticed a lot of people do that. They suddenly realise that they're under the spotlight mm. and they're going to remove everything they said before just in case it gets them in trouble. Yeah, but or, I, I mean, mean, it might be government position coming his way or well, something. Well, it could well yeah. be that the government have suddenly said to some of their MPs who have been a little bit mm. on the rebellious side, you know, we need you to stop doing that for the moment. Well, it seems I don't like know. Steve Baker has, you know, been the one of the one of the MPs standing up for freedom and so on. But I think he could be easily manipulated in that way too. I think they all can be. Well, I think that's they the all, trouble because yeah. in the end, they all depend upon the Tory party to have their seat. Yeah. at the table. Yeah. Because look at all the ones who eventually uh, rebelled against uh, Boris. Most of them are not in Parliament anymore. Yeah, that's true. You that's know? true. I but mean, I mean, quite different times, right? There was They were trying to deny democracy. I mean, these people now, the yeah. government now, is denying freedom, basically. Right. It's, immen it's immensely troubling to me how easy this has happened as well. How so many people have just kind of gone along with it. The, well, the fact that we're saying our vaccine passports are sort of so, on track for a social credit system, you've got the government reportedly, I think it was the Telegraph that reported this, saying that there's going to be an app where if you've been a good boy, mm. you can get some special points from the yeah. government. This is Chinese social credit it system really is. stuff. It's, the thing is, we've got like... We've got a relatively libertarian government as compared Have to Labour, as compared to the Liberal Democrats, I believe. Are you sure? Um, but these kind of, well, I'm not sure anymore, but yeah. imagine these policies in the hands of an alternative government yeah. and then things could go really awry. And that's why I think we need to keep, mm. you know, Well, I mean, there's going to be lots of other sort of Tory party related people, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, being nominated. But I think the thing is as well, they've forgotten what Conservative actually means. I mean, mm. I don't know how long you've been a member of the Conservative Party. I mean, I've never been a member of it. Um, but certainly there's not much that they're currently doing that you would call Conservative, is no, it? No, exactly. And I actually really worry, another thing I'm worried about is the net zero by 2050 target, because mm. I reckon it's going to be working class communities that are sacrificed on the altar of the green. Yeah. Just because Boris wants to keep Carrie Simmons sweet. I know, right? I it's... know. It begs belief. I mean, I've got something to say about that, which we'll catch up with in a little while. But as well as um, all the sort of um, madness of Parliament, it seems as though local Local conservative associations are not that happy because mm. I yeah. see a oh. lot of uh, people now saying I'm never going to vote Tory again. There's mm -hmm. such a mismatch between mm. MPs, government, and actually the Conservative Party members. They don't. They're not on board with any no. of this. They're not on board with the COVID restrictions. They're not on board with net zero. No. Not at all. But they're still big fans of Boris Johnson, though, yeah. even despite everything that's going on. But I think that is waning. It reminds me, actually, of the, looking at the Archbishop of Canterbury waxing lyrical mm. on anything and everything, and then looking at those that actually attend the Church right. of England yeah. services. Yeah. Exactly There's, like that. For example, Anglicans were the biggest Brexit voting bloc in the whole country. Yeah. But then you look at the, the bishops and, and all the rest of it who are proselytising and waxing lyrical about how much they hate Brexit and yeah. how it's terrible and all the rest of it right. and actually Anglicans were the biggest vote yeah. for Brexit. I mean you'd think they would learn from what happened to the Labour Party because yeah. when they deserted their working class roots and started yeah. supporting all manner of ridiculous causes they lost their heartland first in Scotland now in the north of England. I don't think they're getting back. Well I guess Emily raises an important point though which is what's the alternative like who do we go to mm. now? Well there that's the one. thing that's the only thing that stops me sometimes from really really bashing the government is that I don't want the opposition yeah. to win but then we've got you know we've got a few years left. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, I'm still clinging on to this kind of optimistic note <laughs> that I keep in the back of my mm -hmm. head that says, you know, in a couple of years or maybe less than that, we'll all be going, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? That whole business of 2021 and I hope, you know, I hope so. all that locking I... us down and all that weirdness about the, the disease. And now look at us, we're back to normal. Uh -huh. I just sort of, I really believe, and I suppose I have to mm -hmm. really believe that <laughs> yeah. that's where it's going to I just hate how up. it's empowered, you know, the people who want to interfere in every tiny little area of your life. The people I mean, who the want to call you selfish had, yeah, the yes. for not wearing a mask. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the public health lobby have, I don't know what's happened to them, but they've been given... <laughs> hey, I tell you what, though, we'll have some fun in the gulag. 
won't we? Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. That's a good nomination, though. So, who's your first one, Emily? Oh, I need to check her actual name, but okay. it's uh, someone from Labour for balance. Okay. You uh-huh. know, we can't just go after the uh, Tory party just because they're in government. So, this is Alice Perry. Yes. Who is a Labour, can- Labour councillor, mm. of course, in Islington. Of course she's in Islington. <laughs> Isn't that where they all are? <laughs> of course it is. They're all in Islington. <laughs> <laughs> the only one's left. <laughs> is anyway. she also an Arsenal supporter, like they all are, <laughs> pretending that they love football, the working man's sport? Yeah, she puts <laughs> that in her bio. Put a ticket. She put Arsenal fan. She put Arsenal Did fan she? in her bio. Really? Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. oh you see, yeah. it's there amazing. She's it? never been to a football match. Sorry, no. I, sh- I don't know that. that. I can't say that. That's an allegation I can't back up. Well, if she's been anyway. to the Emirates, she's paid an awful lot of money for a ticket, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, she's a total narcissist. We yes. know that about her. We do. Because she decided that on a, presumably on her tube trip home, that she would take advantage of the fact that she was sitting in an empty carriage, wearing her mask, mm. to tweet out, well, essentially teach... Uh, tweet out how virtuous she was for not for wearing her mask despite yeah. the fact that there was no one in there and encouraging people to do the same. And what is the point of that exactly? Apart from to go, look how clever yeah, I am exactly. and how nice I am. Yeah. But it's so typical of that type of lefty who doesn't, you know, they'll ignore the science, they'll ignore the logic, mm. they'll ignore all personal responsibility and how people can decide these things for yeah. themselves just in order to signal their virtue. Yeah. And well, it is I had total this, narcissism. Well, it is. I had this conversation with Chris Philp last week, um, and in fact, uh, we nearly put him in Plank of the Week last week, and I thought about putting him in this week for two reasons, actually, because last week I said to him, look, you are the Home and Justice Minister. Can you please tell me what the position is? If I turn up at London Bridge Station and I want to put, a, uh, I want to get on the tube and I don't want to wear a mask, what happens if they try to make me wear a mask? What's the legal position? And he said, well, well, uh, um, he basically ended up saying, well, you, you should wear a mask. And I said, well, no, it's not that... That's not legally required anymore. Why should I wear a mask? Oh, it's the right thing to do. Well, why is it the right thing yeah, to do? And he yeah. couldn't actually explain. Well, he didn't know the mm-hmm. law. And he said, well, it's, 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 uh, it's the right thing to do because it keeps people safe. And I'm like, you don't know that. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to, I don't know, keep a parachute in your backpack just in case you fall over a cliff? Are you well, going to wear two condoms instead of one? Sorry? I mean, like, what on earth? <laughs> Look, it's good out of control. Quick, isn't it? Um, no, but it just I annoys refuse me to answer that question. You know, people will be wearing, you know, people, some people wear two masks. Yeah. You know, what, well, what Joe Biden about? for a while was wearing three, yeah. right? I think that's just because he forgot he had one on and just put another one on. But no, the thing is that he also was going to be made in Plank of the Week because I said to him, we were talking about the migrant crisis, and I said, you know, where are all these people being put up are they still being put up in hotels and he said we're not doing that anymore we're only putting them up now in barracks and in places like Napier barracks and complete and utter lie because at the weekend the mail ran a piece saying here's a hotel somewhere near Hyde I think it was near Folkestone 43 rooms fully booked full of people who have just arrived uh, and who are being called children even though they're all about 23 you know and I just don't think, from back to your one, mm. I don't think half the time the ministers have a clue what's going on. No. Because I think if you're not Michael Gove or Boris Johnson or Sajid Javid or uh, Rishi Sunak, nobody tells you anything. I yeah, mean, look exactly. at poor old Gavin Williamson. He hasn't got a clue what's going on Definitely. in the Department of Education until somebody tells him. Well, I do feel a bit sorry for yeah, the ones who have to sort of speak to the media about these illogical oh, yeah, policies. Totally. And that's the thing. We've been told to suspend all our own logic. Yeah. Do you not remember when Robert Jenry yes, did the morning say broadcast round and then two, two hours later, <laughs> yeah. two hours later, and he's out going, well, of course. And in fact, <laughs> that was guy. the one thing they'd actually got right uh-huh. because they should have said, yeah, well, actually, we are different. I'm the Prime Minister, he's the Chancellor, and we're actually not going to self-isolate because we've got quite important jobs. I think people would exactly. be fine with that. Get on with letting us out of this sort of cage that you've put we're yeah. all in. But I anyway, know. I'm so sick of these, these people like this woman just... 
Oh, yes. The woman. I forgot about the woman, actually. Yeah, Alice Perry, her name Alice right. Perry. She's my plank of the week. Yeah, even I if think she's that's a yours. very good one. Well, I'm going to go uh, straight for the jugular when it comes to the greener agenda. There's a new programme called One Step Greener, oh, right. which is now being run by Allegra Stratton, who's oh, apparently yeah. now uh, the spokesperson for the Prime Minister's green agenda. Now, I didn't know that she had a new job, but apparently, you know, she didn't work out as the spokesman for the Prime Minister because she got hired by the guy that got fired. And then there was a big row with Carrie and she ended up not having a job at all. And they built that entire ridiculous briefing room mm -hmm. that was meant to be yeah. like the White House. Built by Russians, by the way, the same people that run Russia today. And they wonder why people in Russia know what's going on in Downing Street. And... Um, and then they've just done away with it now. I don't know what they've done with it. I don't know what they've done with the room. Have they scrapped the room? Well, they've probably given it a countdown. That's what it looked well, like. Well, it, it did look like countdown. Yeah, all silly black, you yeah. know, blind date. You could have a blind date with Boris and Carrie. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, you know, and suddenly, so now she's written a piece of the Telegraph today talking about how we must get down to, I think, I think the target is... 1.5 is the new thing. So 1.5 degrees, we have to, you know, somehow lower the temperature of the planet. I'm not sure how you do that. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she doesn't know how to do it no. either. But she claims that there are some certain things, micro um, things that you can do um, in order to help to save the planet, including apparently not washing your plate before you put it in the dishwasher. Now, I don't know about you, but I do wash plates before they go in the dishwasher because if you don't, and, you know, they come out... There's nothing worse than opening the dishwasher. Plates come out and they've still got stuff on them. But surely that's illogical, because if it's still dirty by the time you've ran the dishwasher, mm. you're going to have to just put it on again. And I have to yeah. run it again, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly right. So you're oh. actually wasting... So now the planet's temperature is going to rise by about a million degrees. We're all going to die. But surely this is another example <laughs> of the government not knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. So just but also... But this also, is why you can't have these targets, because no government, no bureaucracy can, like, you know, make policies to But also they talk about, they talk about targets as if they're things, as if they're actual facts. Like she says something like, you know, five years ago in the Paris Accord, you know, only 20 countries were signed up to these targets. Now 70 are, as if that's an improvement. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. No. They've just said, all right, we promised to try and get to that point over there by this point over here. Uh, but it doesn't actually change anything. It just mm. says, you know, it's not, you might as well say, you know, I've got a target that by the time I'm 45, I'll have climbed Kilimanjaro. Yeah. So what? Yeah. doesn't mean you're going to climb Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you will. Who knows? Maybe I will. But, you know, do you know what I mean? It's just really irritating. One of the other tips is um, if you buy a loaf of bread, put half of it in the freezer so that you only eat the other half when it's fresh and then it doesn't go off and doesn't get mouldy. You don't have to throw it away. Sorry, how is this in her brief? I mean, surely having a freezer in the first place is, is dangerous for the planet, isn't She's it? She's telling mm -hmm. people how to deal with their loaves of bread. Yes. This is how far we've come yeah. with this yeah. government. They yeah. are literally and involved. And we're paying an extra salary through the taxpayer mm -hmm. to this woman to tell you what to do with your They're bread. They're involved in every tiny little yeah. part of, of our, our lives. lives. Yeah. Trying to ban cars, trying to tell us how to heat our homes, trying to yeah. tell us what we can put on our faces and right. what we can't. Like, I'm waiting for them to tell me what kind of bread to buy, to be honest, you know, because there's so many fuming. varieties now. Yeah. You know, should I be getting the sourdough white, the sourdough brown? You you can't have white the nutty, that's bad for your health. Oh, no, also, you can't have just white bread, because that would be racist probably as well. But, you know, what can you do? You know, colonise our bread. Should we do anything without being told by the government that it's OK? I don't think there's anything. No, I don't And that either. app idea for tracking our exercise. Well, did you see this morning they've announced that they've pushed back the date on ripping out our gas boilers? Oh, yeah, she, she mentions Bannon. this, oh, actually, in her piece. Right, yeah. Yeah. Who on earth is she gonna says, pay for that? Nobody's going to be doing that yet, but in 10 years' time, then maybe, you know. God, honestly. but And then who's going to pay for it? It's going to be working-class communities. But this is this overarching here. fear that I have of these people in government who seem to have forgotten that we pay their salaries. Uh -huh. the, the only reason they have any money is they take it from us. 
in tax, right? I said this to Chris Philp. I said, are you telling... Because he was saying, well, if they want to stop people getting on the train because they're not wearing a mask, that's up to them. I said, so you're happy with taxpayers in London who pay for London transport, transport for London, not being allowed on the train that they pay for because somebody doesn't like the way that they don't wear a mask. Mm. It's unbelievable. Mm. They've really gripped this kind of... They've taken control to such an extent that they don't think that we pay them anymore. Yeah. It's like almost they pay us. Or who's the boss? Who's yeah. in charge? Yeah. Right? We don't just pay for their wages, we elect them. Mm. Mad as we must be for doing so. It's I'll absolutely extraordinary. So Allegra Stratton, for me, I'm sure she's a very nice woman. You know, I didn't think much of him when she was on Peston's show. I mean, he's another one that's made a bit of an idiot of himself this week by claiming all sorts of stuff on Twitter, which turns out not to be true at all, about the fact that, oh, it's a lot worse than anyone's telling us. Why is that then? And it turns out that a half a percent is what it would change if they included this figure of people that were being hospitalised. I mean, it's just madness, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and this I genuinely great. think there are some people who just want to keep this crisis Absolutely. going for one reason or yeah. another. I mean, it's a great news story, well, isn't yeah. it? Peston, I don't think, was a household name before all of this happened. I'm not sure if he still is a household name, but he's certainly better known mm. now than he was, mm. you know? Well, of yeah, course, we all remember. questions go on so bloody long. Oh, my God. He had a question every night, didn't he, at the I, start was, yeah. I remember I was in the car once, and there was one of these things going on. Somebody called me on the phone, and his question just started. I had a good 10-minute conversation. When I got off the phone, he was still asking the question. <laughs> And they hadn't even got to the answer yet. And I was going, I don't care that I missed the middle of the question. It still it didn't actually lose anything by not hearing don't it. Don't you remember when he muted himself and it was, everyone oh. was like, it was his best question yet. It was great. Well, that was the thing. I mean, when you see how useless these people are at actually running their own technology and you kind of go, you know, you can't be that good of a journalist if you can't actually work a laptop. And they want us all to carry around an app showing our health care state. Yes. It's cartoon. I know, it really is. Right, so, number two number for you. Number two, I've gone for the BBC. Excellent so choice. The how B could you not? I know, how <laughs> could I not? Reason being, Emily Maitlis has been out and about. She's been waxing lyrical. She did an interview uh, yes, the other day. Yes, I saw In which she said, basically, that the BBC's decision to clamp down on her uh, lack of impartiality yes. on the Dominic Cummings, uh, Dominic Cummings, I can't say his name. And he the, won Plank of the Week he, last week, Did he the way, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, she had basically said, hadn't she, that he was the, basically Satan in this monologue, mm. ranting on and on, yes. telling us what we should think, yes. not, you know, reporting the news. And uh, the BBC said, hang on a minute, you probably have broken impartiality mm. rules here. And it's like, well, yeah, really, you think? Yeah. Um, and then she comes not out... Not like she doesn't do it every other night <laughs> exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. You know, she they pick one night. And things on social media and all the rest right. of it. And then she, the BBC clamped down on this or seek to clamp down on it, and she says that that's wrong. Yeah. And you just sort of think, well... You might hold that view. I'm sure she is on the left. I'm sure she is anti-Brexit. I'm sure she is mm. anti-Boris, anti-Dominic Cummins. All She's these also things. paid a ludicrous amount exactly. of money, isn't she? Of course she is. Hundreds of thousands. And you just think, come on. If you want to have those views, I don't mind yeah. you having those views. You're free. You're welcome Apply to Apply for a gig at Talk Radio. Absolutely right. Get yourself out, though. You won't be right? getting 700,000 quid from us, though. <laughs> you can't I hope the not. But she wouldn't deserve it. <laughs> You'll be having a word if you yeah, Well, do. absolutely right. But, you know, the great thing about Emily Maitlis as well is that her logic as to why they shouldn't have admonished her for doing what she did yeah. is that it took them 30 years to find out that Martin Bashir was a lying, cheating, fraudulent journalist. That's her, and she's going, it's not fair. 
you know, look at him. He got away with it for years. Oh, my God. And you're God. kind of going, it's not great logic, that. Yeah. You know, the yeah. fact that they, it's like saying, look how long it took them to find Savile. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. why are they giving me a hard time? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's almost as bad as that. It's a bit And of she a also, she doesn't get it. She no, doesn't think nah. she's in any way no. biased. No. She thinks that she's the most, you know, solidly neutral journalist. Yeah. Because she only hangs out with people that agree with her. Well, that's yeah. the problem. They you don't know? actually realise their bias. It's like all the comedy shows, like, have I got news for yeah. you? Like, they wouldn't even think to have someone of a different view on there because yeah. they don't believe they exist. No, it's like Nish Kumar. Why have they cancelled my show? Because it's rubbish. Oh, That's yes. why they've cancelled it and you're not very funny. Huh? The other one was June Sarpong oh, yes. from the BBC because she's on a gargantuan salary. Yes. Um, and so was it 267000 exactly, for yeah. a three-day week? Three-day week. So if Brilliant. were you to work that out at being full-time, that's what, you double that. And then you'd think about the fact that the Prime Minister mm. is on way less yeah. than that. He's only on about 120. Exactly, yeah. Um, so you look at these things and you think, well, what is she actually doing? Well, right. she's telling the BBC what they need to do as far as their rainbow coalition. Well, the first concerned. thing she should say to them is that they should fire her. Yeah. They should fire me because clearly I'm not doing the job properly. I'm only doing it three days a week. Absolutely. And you paid me an absolute fortune. Awesome. I think you should get somebody else. Hey, she's laughing though, all the way to the bank, isn't <laughs> I mean, she? I mean, imagine how many salary. book deals and things she has on the side. Oh, absolutely. Or other little corporate yes. gigs. And this is the trouble with the BBC is that every time you hear them say, they're like quangos, aren't they? Whenever you hear like the bonfire of the quangos, somehow more quangos appear. And the ones that were there already don't go anywhere. Mm. Every time the BBC talks about reforming itself, they give more people jobs. Yeah. And more people get hired to do more things. And oh, I mean, then. I was going to have a go at them this week for, for screwing up the Olympics. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of the Olympics yeah. anyway. But they've managed to somehow not send anybody yeah. to Tokyo. So they're producing it out of a studio in London. But they've got a Tokyo backdrop. And I mean, why? Sake, yeah. Because if you're doing it in London, it's fine. There's no point in pretending you're not doing it from London. But they're pretending they're there. Well, even when they do it from Manchester, right, all they end up doing is creating a sort of BBC bubble within yeah. Manchester right. and export sort of the London's views yes. to Manchester. Well, ever since they moved to Salford. At least they're saving Salford. us some money, though, not going over Well, there. I suppose they are, but I bet, bet you they're wasting it in some <laughs> yeah, other way. You know, well, yes, on due to our salary. Because, I mean, I seem to remember most, most Olympics <laughs> the Olympic and budget. Glastonbury <laughs> Festival, they send more people to Glastonbury Festival than are ever actually appearing at it. Right. And they send more people, I think the last time they sent to the Olympics, which I guess, was it Brazil, the last one? I can't yeah, remember. Well, yeah. they sent, I think they sent more people than there were t members of Team GB. And you got, well, why? You know, sorry. And the Olympics, to me, is a waste of time and money mm. anyway, because it's full of people this year who have either got COVID or are about to get it. Um, and so the whole thing is going to be a fiasco. There's yeah. no crowd. I watched the opening ceremony because it happened to be on. Um, and they're all waving at yeah. nobody. And they've got, like, stadiums, empty stadiums. Yeah, I mean, normally I have it on, like, all day, every yeah. day, and it's, like, really exciting. But this year, no, I mean, it's a got a bit better since Britain's won, Team GB's won a few medals. Yeah, and true. people get yeah. a bit sort of, exactly. you know, that's people do exciting. get a little bit more kind of patriotic yeah. and stuff. And, and Tom Daly and all of that, and that's mm -hmm. great. And Magic Monday, they called it, right? Yeah. But it's hardly 20, London 2012, which no. was great. That was fantastic. You know. I like that. And the BBC probably managed to spend even more money on that, even though it was actually in London, yeah. than they did God when, you know. they spent. Can you it's like, incredible. I know. Well, everyone I know, yeah. I mean, we all know people, I'm sure, that work at the BBC. Everyone I ever talk to who works there says, nobody ever mentions money. They just don't. They don't mm -hmm. have to. You know, if we had a conversation about doing an outside broadcast from somewhere or, you know, getting a show from a pub or something, everyone's always going, well, how much is it going to be? You know, how much do we need to spend on this, this, this? And the BBC, they don't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their taxi bill at Broadcasting House is 10 million a year. It's amazing. Just for people taking cars. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just extraordinary. It is. Of course it is. It's a very good one, though. It would be nice so if they were a little BBC. more careful with our money, He's come into the show well. He's got the Tory party and the, and BBC. the BBC. I mean, that's pretty hard-hitting stuff. You've Beat that, have Emily. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Decent second nomination, please, Ms. Carver. Well, you know, I'm going to go for a bit of a rogue one. But, I mean, it has been over the news a lot this week. Mm. It's uh, Marlborough, the famous tobacco company. Yes. Famous tobacco company. So they came out to say that they wouldn't be selling cigarettes in the UK after 2030. Just in the UK? Just in the UK. So they'll still be selling them in, in parts of the world which are... Developing. Yes, so it's yeah. not really That's about right, health. Then. It's not really about people's health, is it? This. No. Um, anyway, it's obviously a business decision because uh, I think they're moving towards e-cigarettes, vaping, right. heated tobacco, that sort of thing. Probably marijuana as well, I would imagine. <laughs> well. Anyway, of course, they're framing this as if they're, you know, helping people with their health yes. and how it's brilliant that people should get off the cigarettes or whatever. These are the same people, by the way, who told us back in the 1950s <laughs> that smoking was actually good for you. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And never mind all the scientific stuff about how bad it is for. You. That's rubbish. Yeah. It's actually uh, really good for you. And apparently, they're still responsible for 10 percent of the world's sales of cigarettes. So, yes. you know, they're very much in well, the market they, of cigarettes. Well, uh, shall we say, the new markets in emerging, uh, emerging markets, that they call them, in, in other countries around the world. <laughs> anyway, what was blankish about this was not that they're changing their business model over here, is that apparently they're now calling for the UK to become smoke-free by 2030. Huh? And I'm thinking... I don't want to hear this from a tobacco company, firstly. It's none of your business. And what is this that even companies that sell the product Mm. are joining in with this sort of prohibition thing? Because the government wants us to be smoke-free by 2030. So clearly they're hopping on that bandwagon. What about cigars? Any chance of them still being available to us? Obviously not. I mean, this is quite amazing. I mean, I must admit, I missed this story somehow, but I was puzzled by why everybody was having this debate about should we ban smoking altogether? I used to smoke 60 Marlboros a day. Right, when I used to work in America, um, because they were quite cheap in those days. Now, I don't think they could afford to. No. Oh, I mean, it's like about 12, quid. They're yeah. about 12 quid a pack, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, the amount of tax. But the thing is, this is the thing. If we ban them, well, that's the tax gone. But also, you know, where's it going to go? Right. People aren't going to well, stop smoking. I mean, the point, the about, drug point about smoking is that, yeah, 12, I mean, we, I think it was, the figure was something like 10 billion was collected in tax mm. every year, which was more than enough to pay for the damage that was done to smokers. Mm. Because, you know, you get all these, uh, you know, ne'er-do-wells who say, well, if you smoke, you know, you shouldn't get free treatment mm. on the NHS. It's like, well, hang on a minute. I've already given you more yeah. tax than almost anybody else. So if I've got something wrong with my lungs, you know, I've already paid to get them fixed. Thanks. Also, I don't know if this is true, but apparently because they live less long mm. on average, they actually end up costing the NHS Well, there is less. an argument. Yeah. I mean, anyway. you know, that, that is a, a, an argument that you would hear from, from, from certain right-wing think tanks, I suppose, <laughs> you know, if you could think of one. But the point is, is that, you know, in the end, these people 
don't want to stop you from doing something. They just want to control what you do. Well, this is the thing. I, I mean, had how, the... how dare they say you can't buy a packet of cigarettes? I always say to people, look, if you want to make it illegal, that's one thing. But if you want to ban smoking everywhere, you can't. Yeah. Can you? Well, I just hate this. How this? I mean, it's another thing that COVID has emboldened people who seem to think that they know it all, yeah. and therefore we know best, and therefore all policy should be, you know, decided on by those who think that yes. they're most. Virtuous. All these horrible people that keep going. You yeah. just have to look at the science. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. is lying? What science? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is the line smoking? Why not alcohol? Let's ban that too. You know, why not go after well, your vice next. for fatty foods or whatever? Well, you know, next. Next. I mean, anything. Next, yeah. But this is the thing. They haven't managed to. St- I mean, London is the cocaine capital of Britain. They haven't managed to stop that. So do they really think they could ban people from smoking cigarettes? Well, this is the thing, and people will just get them from I mean, abroad. I think most of the people, but a lot of the people that smoke, and again, Darren, you've mentioned this, it's, it's an attack on working-class communities yeah, because most people now who smoke are in working-class communities. Uh-huh. You don't meet that many people now outside of those communities that smoke cigarettes because they've all supposedly been told that it's not good for you, well, so you now they don't do it. Exactly. I mean, I like a cheeky one when I've had a drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, listen, um, I would still smoke if I could, uh-huh. but I, yeah. I know that if I have one, I'll be back That's to 60 it, a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. For you, for yeah. having the resilience yeah. to do it, but I'm, I don't. Right. Um, so I like the cheeky odd one, but again, it goes back to your point, which I think is the fundamental point to make to companies like Marlborough, which is you've got develop, people in developing countries smoking more than dot bloody yeah. cotton, right. and yet you're telling me <laughs> that, you know, I yeah. should stop it in this Don't country. Don't pretend that you actually care yeah, about exactly. my health. Yeah. <laughs> right? exactly, yeah. But that's how they were framing right. it, how it would be brilliant for everyone if we go tobacco-free, and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would imagine, I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine that in America, where so many states now sell marijuana legally, that the big tobacco companies must be involved in that, because, I mean, I was quite staggered. I went to L.A., Couple of weeks, couple of years ago, my son, one of my kids lives there, and there's posters everywhere for different kinds of marijuana, different levels mm-hmm. of it, different names, different. You know, Willie Nelson, the uh, country and western style, has got like seven different varieties. Wow. They've got dope supermarkets. You can go like four floors of stuff. And I was saying, you know, um, and my kids were with me. I said, you can't really tell teenagers that this is a bad for you since it's now advertised yeah. everywhere yeah. and it's now legal. And in fact. It's now easier, I think, to, to smoke marijuana in public in California than it is to smoke tobacco. Well, I think Because they've really turned, which is madness. Everybody's stoned. They're all driving cars. And you kind of go in, but you can't have a cigarette because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's obviously mm-hmm. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. But smoking as much dope as you like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. The world's kind of gone a bit topsy-turvy. Uh, t- it totally has. It has a bit, yeah. Very good. So, Marlborough's a good one. Well, my next one is actually going to be Neil Ferguson, back on the subject <laughs> of uh, absolute and utter plankery. Has he this been out for a few weeks? Um, well, you know, he keeps being interviewed by the Today programme. He's like their favourite. Yeah. I mean, if you counted up, I haven't, nobody's done this, but if you tallied up how many times people are on the Today programme, I think Neil Ferguson is on at least once yeah, a week. He is, yeah. At least once, once a, week. a week. And he's the guy who gets everything wrong, and yet again, he's managed to get it wrong again. Because it was only a week ago when he was warning about the uh, Freedom Day on the 19th. And he said, it's almost inevitable, his words, that you'll be getting 100,000 cases a day. Uh, you'll have 2,000 people a day going to hospital. And, of course, it's completely the opposite of that. In fact, I think this is the sixth day in a row um, that cases, case numbers have gone down. It's down to something like 30,000. Something like 14 people died yesterday compared to, I think, something like twelve or 1,300 from other causes, mm-hmm. right? And so, once again, he's predicted this doomsday scenario, which, of course, was picked up by Sir Keir Starmer, who then said it in uh, Boris Johnson's uh, Prime Minister's Questions, where he said, what are you going to do when it gets to 100,000 cases a day? Yeah. To which everybody went, well, you know, yeah. ask me when we get there. Yeah. 
But, you know, it, this, it hasn't got there. No. And, of course, people out there who support people like Ferguson will say, well, it hasn't got there yet, but it could. And they've got to stop this nonsense, this madness, you know? But it's in their interest to keep it going. But then he's actually backtracked a bit, hasn't he, and said that actually it's not going to be as bad and, and COVID is going to be behind us. So he's literally just flip-flopping yeah. all over but why the place, do trying to scare But the why public? do they keep talking to him? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, when he keeps getting it wrong. And he's another one that broke his own rules oh, because yeah. he went and had his affair with his German uh, married... Down, yeah. Professor Pants down, the German Do you German know why I think woman. they talk to him? I think it's because they don't like the people who they think are right-wing who mm. have been dismissive of him. It's mm. literally just like, your enemy is oh, our friend. Oh, so they think that by yeah. putting him on it, it annoys people like yeah. me. Well, it's like when people say to me, why are you all so angry? I'm like, I'm not angry. This is just my, you know, resting face. <laughs> resting face. doesn't make me particularly angry. It doesn't make me particularly angry. It's just I find it ridiculous that, you know, you call yourself journalist and all you do is interview this bloke yeah. who literally has never got anything right in his entire career. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see why you uh, interview him. I'd like to interview him, but, yeah. you know, I don't suppose you come on if you like Sadiq Khan. <laughs> he started wearing glasses as well now, which I assume is his attempt to make himself look more intellectual. Because he's got <laughs> quite strange eyes. I don't know if you've ever noticed. <laughs> when he's interviewed, his eyes are kind of going around in opposite directions. He looks quite odd. Don't you remember at the Christmas special of Plank of the Week, or the New Year's special, yes. whichever one it was, we did Neil Ferguson because he'd come on the TV again mm. to talk about how people were being mean to him. Yes, that's right. How he was getting trolling yes. and everything. I remember so he, that. he can't stay out of the news. And also, but yeah. again, you know, these geeks that are sort of running the country now, these are all people that everyone knew somebody like that at school. Right, mm-hmm. but they weren't in charge of anything. You know, they were probably quite clever, and they sat off in the corner and they did the experiments with things that you couldn't understand. But you didn't take them seriously well, when you, you now know they're what, like sodden rock stars. Yeah, aren't they? oh, yeah. I know. they really are. They're yeah. absolutely everywhere. You can't get away from them. They'll be on Love Island. They will. Yeah, they should have a special Sage Love Island. It should be great. Wouldn't oh, it? Big Bring your own mistress. <laughs> you know, not a problem. You got one already? Oh, well, we can provide one for you. Uh, right. So who's your uh, who's your third? My nomination? next one is the London School of Economics. Um, they have engaged. In oh, well, I don't think we've had them for a, a while. group. Yes, uh, so it's called the um, specifically the class what I the class war. Yes, it's just the LSE class war. So this is a group set up <laughs> at the London School of <laughs> Economics, nice. and they're not a very nice bunch of people by all accounts. So. There, I remember Ron Atkinson, you must remember this speech, yeah. about 10 years ago yes. almost, he came out in f- against press sort of censorship. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, and he it's 10 ta- years ago. Yeah, almost, yeah. A f- an amazing He's speech. still doing the rounds on YouTube, you can find yeah, it, can't you? Yeah, you can, really easily whack him into YouTube. And they, he was talking about a sort of new intolerance, mm. where there is a sort of desire, a really sort of unquenchable desire, to clamp down on dissenting voices and speech that you don't like. Mm. This is an example of that, because they're trying to shut down the Hayek Society at LSE by saying that it's they're arguing for capitalism, basically. Well, actually, that's been the economic model that has lifted, what, millions mm. and millions of people out of really, really dire poverty, yeah. and you're wanting to get rid of it. Well, hang on a minute. Venezuela, does that yeah. work out for them? Not really. Cuba. And Hayek won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. If he gets cancelled by LSE, who else is safe, right? right. No one. But the LSE is a complete sort of um, collection of, of, of myth- mismatched individuals. I remember when they once had a building named after one of Gaddafi's kids yeah. on the grounds that he'd given them a bucket load of money so that his son could go to LSE, and they named a building after him. Yeah. And it was only kind of relatively recently that they decided that's probably quite a bad idea. So they changed the name of the building. It's no longer the Gaddafi you know, Economic Institute. And people are going... <laughs> Okay then. And I mean, you wonder, don't you? Because when you see these stories, and the Times have been quite good at this, that all the Chinese money that's going into Mm. big institutions in this country, including big universities and the Russell Group and all that, 
and you do wonder where they're taking their money from. Mm. And you do, I mean, without wishing to sound like a conspiracy theorist, you know, if China's given them a load of money and suddenly they're starting up these organisations saying, let's get rid of capitalism, you do start to wonder if there's a connection, mm. don't you? Well, you do, mm. yeah. And also they've got this list of demands, don't they? And one of them is to have it... Um, demands? Yeah, yeah, they have a list of demands. Ransom. To have it have um, no private school pupils. And um, the Spectator did a write-off of it. And I think about 70% of the, the people who attend there are from private schools. So presumably these people who've set up this group probably are too. Yeah. And just feel bad, yeah. well, bad I mean, for it. I mean, I don't think any of these people have ever met anyone from no. the working class. <laughs> yeah. So they true. call it class war because they're all like, you know, let's, it's like Dave Sparks, who's a figure that used to be around in the 70s who was a kind of a mock communist who was in private island. He's called him Dave Spar, and he was always protesting against stuff. But, I mean, they're all middle-class kids uh -huh. from re yeah. relatively well-to-do households. You know, they would absolutely crap themselves if you put them in the streets of Gateshead of course would. and but said, why don't you go and talk to some of those people over there? And there's a sort of fetishization and really, of the working class yeah. by weird, these people, where you've got people like Grace Blakely, for example, oh. right, oh, who God. went to private school herself, and then you just sort of think, what the hell do you who know Who actually about seriously movies? calls herself the Moe Marxist. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and thinks see. that's fun. Funny. Ironically, you know. Also, there'd be no LSC if they got rid of of fee-paying students because that would be all of the foreign students just yeah, gone. Yeah, that's really what it was. Of course. And yeah. then they'd have no money, and yeah. it would just collapse. But I guess that's probably what they want because it's an institution. Well, I don't think they have a clue what they want because they'd all end up, you know, ten years down the road doing all the jobs that their parents told them they should be doing, yeah. you know, five years earlier, mm -hmm. and they'll all be raking in loads of money and inheriting loads of stuff, and then they'll go, "Oh, do you remember that time when we were in that organisation called Class War?" Yeah. Yeah, do you want another glass of Verve Clicquot? <laughs> you know, I mean, it just is incredible to me. But the fact that they do it, they don't even see the funny side of it either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just she ridiculous. She has long conversations with her, uh, you know, enemies within the movement about what working class means. I think it does. And it's not ironic. No, no, <laughs> no. It, it all matters, though, because it's all about freedom of association, right? Yeah. And they're basically saying, well, you can't, you can't have these societies because we don't like what you're saying in right. them. And you just sort of think, well, it's not your sudden business, no, what exactly. I say in my oh, yeah. society. Yeah. You get on with your sort of left-wing, whatever you're doing, drinking champagne and yeah. eating caviar. And Going I, to Henley. Uh, yeah, Going and then people Henley. can continue talking about Hayek and his ideas. Right. Leave us alone, basically. That's been the theme of this week's plank, I think. Yes. Leave me alone. Yeah, just get, get out, out of my life. life. Yeah. You know, it's like Reagan used to say, you know, it's never a good day when somebody turns up and says, I'm from the government and I'm here yeah. to help. Oh, absolutely. You know, and yeah. they used to say, stay out of the bedroom, stay out of my house, stay out of my car. You know, but all of this now that we live through is all about that. Yeah. You know, they want to look at what are you doing? There's somebody over there looking at what? Sorry, what, what sort of phone have you got? Um, what are you writing down? You know, it's the problem is there's so many people in this country who like that. Mm. Yeah. They're the we know best so. type. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I don't know where that came from, though. I don't remember growing up in that country. No, I know. Uh, you know? But so people are talking about, you know, how the collective is so important for the greater good and all this, but that just means that individual but rights But it's not for the greater anymore. good, though. It's for the no. greater good of their immediate circle yeah. mm. and all the people that agree with them. Yeah. And if you don't agree with them, it's not for your greater good. It's for their greater good. Absolutely. So they don't like what you're saying. Uh, you should be silenced and you should not be allowed to smoke. You should not be allowed to drink. You should not be able to go anywhere. Uh, and if you do any of those things, we'll have to punish you. Well, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick of it as well. <laughs> I'm right. absolutely sick of it. So, um, Neil Ferguson is my is my latest plank. Um, so, are you next? No, I've you're gone. next. Yes, you've got, you just did LSE class, yeah. class war. So you've got to do your third one. Yes, yeah, so another, another Labour politician. This is a Labour peer, Baroness Helena Kennedy. Oh, yes. ah. 
who appeared today on Julia's show yes. this morning on uh, Breakfast on Talk Radio. And um, she was on to talk about the government's idea that university students should all have uh, vaccine passports oh, yeah. in order to attend lectures, mm. which I think probably a lot of people watching will have a slight worry about. Yeah. Um, and essentially, she was pushed on it by mm. Julia. She does so well. And she said... Um, that she was a liberal when Julia um, suggested that she might not be as liberal oh, yeah. as she as she thinks she is, but she said she wasn't against a little bit of coercion. No, really. So you would have thought that those kind of those two were uh, those two statements don't exactly match up. No. But this is the problem: everyone's liberal until they don't like something, yes. or until they think that they're better than someone else. But also, isn't it depressing as well that people have kind of decided on their views of particular issues based around what their politics are? Yeah. You know, why yeah. do you have to support vaccine passports just because you happen to be kind of considered to be on the left? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why would that be? Yeah. And in the same interview, she said she was against ID cards. She was against a society where we have to, ha you know, where the police can ask for our papers and so on. And then she went on to defend the government's position on vaccination passports. Mm. And it just, you know, these people who call themselves liberals simply are yeah. not. No. Mm. Whenever it's something that they approve of, they lose that liberal Right. You know, bad. And I think a lot of them are going to look a bit stupid because if, if, as we believe, they're not going to bring these things in at all, they're just oh, trying yes. to convince people that they should get their vaccination done, they're all going to look daft when you start playing back to them what they said a few months ago, that, oh, we're very much in favour of this, because presumably by then they won't be, and they'll pretend that they never were. I think Baroness Kennedy's a QC as well, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. So you look at that, and I tell you what, since 2016, QCs have had a really bad name given yeah. for them, yeah. haven't they? They've had Jolian Moore, yeah. fox-killing fame. Yes. You've got Baroness Kennedy, who doesn't not seem to contradict herself every right. two minutes on uh, yes I support freedom and liberty but yes at the same there's time there's another one Jessica Seymour oh my she's god don't let me start I mean she her. started following me she's one of the few people I've ever like blocked because yeah. I thought you know why is she following yeah. me it's like she's been followed down the street by yeah. some kind of weird person <laughs> and I'm like she's only following me in order to presumably launch some kind of lawsuit against me for something I've said she tweeted me once you know? saying I was the right age for a small war or right age to go to war and I thought what are you talking about she's very odd yeah. she's very yeah. strange uh -huh. and I mean a lot of these people of course are so lovely the EU because it's where they make their money. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, she came from that sort of school of EU law where almost everything she did was associated with, with law lawsuits in the EU mm. and, and business uh, that was done in the EU. And that's for Julian Moron. I mean, you know, hey. this is a bloke who doesn't know, you talk about his arse from his arse, he's a bloke who threatened to sue me for libel did he? until I pointed out that I hadn't actually libeled him. And I'm like, which point of what I said libeled you? You said, I said, actually, no, I didn't say that. And so then he blocked me again. And he would occasionally <laughs> unblock me to see what I'd said and yeah. then some come at me again. I mean, it's a very, just very odd character. Very odd. And yeah. again, similarly to the people that you would have known either at school or at college, you know, these are all people that you might have seen as a bit odd, but you wouldn't really have expected them to be running anything. And they're all barristers. Oh, and they become sort of stars, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But what worries about me this in particular is that she used, she said, I'm a liberal, but this is an emergency. Yeah. And this is what we've seen throughout this crisis, that yes. anything can be can justified be yes. because yeah. it's an emergency. How that's, is it an emergency, exactly, we, anyway? Well, that's how we get into authoritarianism. And it's by no means an emergency at this, at this point, and certainly not for... But, well, children of 18 years old, young well, you adults. Know, I mean, even as recently as December, when there was talk of the vaccine becoming more freely available than we thought, because there was a long time. Do you remember when Boris actually came out and said, at one point in the House of Commons, I'm not even sure we'll ever get a vaccine? Because mm -hmm. I don't think he knew that it was going to work. Mm -hmm. Nobody was sure that it would happen. And then suddenly it went from, um, oh, we'll just have to vaccinate the vulnerable, to suddenly now we're telling people that they might have to be vaccinated if they're under 12. Well, this yeah. is the thing. What would we have done with well, no vaccine? We'd well, still be in our homes. What would yeah. we? What, what would we well, have done? Well, we'd probably all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but they did say the vaccine could actually mean that we stay locked down for longer. Yeah. People had those worries about that, and it's been sort of proven true. Yeah. 
Um, but at least we're not Australia. Australia well, is yeah, really a very true. bad place, isn't I, it? I, I, Bloody hell, yeah. What's going Who was on that there woman that came out and said that you shouldn't speak to people? And yeah. Basically, yeah. you know, you, we are a friendly you know, uh, race. But basically, this is not the time to be friendly. Yeah. So don't going, talk to people in the supermarket, even what? if you, even if they're your friends, you and even them. if you're lonely or whatever. Yeah. Even if you know them, yeah, disgusting. But also, worse than that was old Jacinda Ardern when she came out. Yeah. I think it was last week to say that you know the only information about coronavirus that you should listen to is from the government. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, scary. And yeah. it's kind of like really. Uh-huh. Is that Sinister. what you think? That's mm-hmm. awful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Dreadful. But also, I mean, the fact that um, they all kind of coagulate together. I don't know what they must talk about. I mean, I can't imagine it being inside the House of Commons and wandering about with all these people, some of whom are in the Lords, some of whom... You know, I mean, genuinely independent thought is very few and far between. Yeah. I mean, Claire Fox, one of the few people, yeah. I would say, that actually thinks for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, we get on the show a lot. Um, but there's not many. No, no. Nah. People like Matt Ridley are great, mm. but then, yeah, you're right. There's not many of them. And it's quite scary. Between. Well, my final nomination is going back to the House of Commons, I'm afraid, is Sajid Javid. Because <laughs> Sajid Javid, you know, first of all, we didn't put him on Plank of the Week last week because we thought that would be a bit unkind because on the grounds that he's Secretary of State for Health and he got COVID. <laughs> because they really shouldn't be getting COVID at this point. But that would be distasteful. Point. Well, I wonder if it would be. I probably would offend some people, you know, because, you know, it's so easy to do that by accident. It's so easy. You know, and I mean, much as I have a great deal of time, obviously, for the families of the bereaved and the people who've lost loved ones to COVID and all of that. But they were the first in line to say that it was incredibly insensitive to suggest that people who were cowering from COVID were somehow being frightened by it. And he wasn't really saying that anyway. I mean, he was simply saying, I think, well, you know, thankfully I've recovered. It wasn't too bad because I've had two vaccines and so mm. the, the, the symptoms were okay. And I think it's now time that we take the fight to, to this disease, which I think is right. Mm-hmm. And people shouldn't be afraid of it, effectively, is what he was saying. He wasn't having a go at people who were afraid of it. He wasn't having a go at anyone who had been shielding. Uh, yeah, which the use is, of the word cower, wasn't yeah. it? That apparently offended I think, I think the people who were offended thought that he was calling them cowards. Yeah. And it's not the same thing at all. Well, I mean, you only have to look it up in the dictionary. Yeah, everyone was saying, oh, they're saying that people who were dying or who were really vulnerable were cowardly and all the NHS staff Nobody were cowardly and so that. on. And it's like, just how stop, did you get yeah. breathe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how did you get there from <laughs> over here? You suddenly went, oh, oh it's all over the, you know. And, and then, obviously, he's not a plank for saying that. No. He's a plank, in my view, for apologising. Yeah, I agree. Because I think there comes a, mo- a moment where, as a politician, you have to take a stand. Mm-hmm. But I can surely, see, as we can all probably see how it happened, because he probably got leaned on by somebody in the government. My, maybe it was uh, Boris, maybe it was somebody else, who just said, no, well, you'll have to apologise, otherwise this will become a massive thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you just really, stand you know, by your words. He clearly meant it. Yeah. Some apologists, if they mean something, just stick right. by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it and all also, goes gonna, over. I don't know why on, they yeah. do it. And if you're going to be on Twitter, you know, just tweet whatever it is, you know, and or don't be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because if you're on Twitter, everything you say gets taken out of context all the time, right? By, by everyone. By yeah. some, you know, somebody gets offended by something that you said. I mean, I, I put a tweet out <laughs> when he got, um, when it was announced that he got COVID. Of course he did. And I said, <laughs> you know... You know, brilliant. Sajid Javid's got COVID. People said, that's a disgrace. I'm like, I don't mean it's brilliant that he's got it. It's irony. It's like when you say, the train's been cancelled. Brilliant. 
And you had to sort of explain it. And then people said, well, the fact you have to explain it shows that it wasn't obvious. Oh, you have to explain and you're kind of going, on that, please. For God's sake. I know. It's a cesspit, man. It's Twitter. unbelievable. I'll pull it off at the plug you if can't I even, You can't even joke about anything. No, God, no. It, but the, what's really annoying for me is that the government go on and on about cancelling cancel culture. Yeah. You know, in our universities, they've got, like, bills and policies oh, yeah. going forward to stop cancelling. And they do it to themselves. Mm. Yeah. They're constantly cancelling people. And that's people. the worst thing, isn't it? The, the world in which we now live is that people have now started cancelling the themselves yeah. mm-hmm. before yeah. they even get in trouble exactly. really yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean and i don't really i mean because if you were seriously offended by sajid javid's statement how are you less offended because he said sorry well yeah, you're not you, you how know he you means be? it you know he thinks that now, yeah right right and actually it's a pretty sensible position we've got the vaccine it's not it, it's not a, it's not wrong is no, it? no. It's a positive message in my view yeah, yeah, I I thought thought so. Yeah. let's and, move on with our lives and i mean i'm sure in his head when he made it he wasn't thinking about people who had died no or families who had lost loved ones yeah you're clearly just a bad faith actor aren't you yeah you you're making s- something out of exactly, something yeah which wasn't there yeah but this and, is because i think someone did some polling or like research of twitter and apparently it's literally like 70 yeah, percent left-wing activists yeah. yeah and so they should not be listening to it because yeah. it's no barometer no, of the mood. No, it's no, no barometer I mean, it's at useful all. in some ways to yes, promote things. Yes. It's good to kind of use as, a, as a, a vehicle for all sorts of things. But, but as you say, it's not something to be measured. I remember coming in to do the uh, the overnight show on the night of the election. And if you believed everything that was going on on Twitter, you thought Corbyn had won. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there was big turnouts everywhere and London was going to be taken by Labour and everything was going to go out the window. You think he had still won? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you wonder how much worse Corbyn could have been. But then you look at him and you go, it would have been a lot worse. Well, exactly, yeah. But maybe that's why the government are going all cock-a-hoop, Mike, because of the fact that they're focusing on and paying far too much attention and giving airtime to the views on Twitter. Yeah as opposed to the views out there. Well, the there's, no, quite, there's so. no doubt that they seem to be very much guided by public opinion. Mm, too because much. all the, oh, all the people that you argue with, all they talk about is the YouGov oh, well, the survey polls, this, yeah. YouGov survey that. If Margaret Thatcher had said, oh, well, the polls, nothing would have got <laughs> done. <laughs> no, wouldn't have done anything. No, she did have the poll tax. Oh, she did have the poll tax. She put a tax on polls. I'm so sick of U-turns. I know. Just stick to something, ignore Twitter and stick to it. Get on with it. I mean, I can't remember the last thing. Unless I don't like the policy, of course. But I can't remember the last thing that Boris said was going to happen that actually happened mm, because most yeah. of the things he says again i presume we won't know until later what the actual b- bare bones of the uh, of this crime initiative is that he's going to yeah. bring in but we've seen most of it in the papers for the last two days so i don't think there's any surprises no. but he's going to start apparently asking police officers to um you know give their name to the investigation that they're running so that you can have somebody point of contact wise but it won't i don't see it's going to change anything and they're going to say to people who are going into prison when you come out we're going to tag you so that we can follow you around and know that you're not committing any more crime well, they kind of do all that already anyway. Yeah. But I'd be amazed if any of it makes any difference. Mm-hmm. And I think we've now reached this point where no matter what he says they're going to do, you're not really sure that it's going to happen, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had so much promise. Well, yeah. he's done. He's served his purpose, hasn't he, getting Brexit done? And now they he probably has. need to look for a new person, probably. Well, yeah. I don't know who that would be, though. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, yeah. quite. Mm. Dominic Cummings was the Plank of the Week last week, and he's still kind of hanging in there. I'm going to mention him only because we need to carry somebody over from last week. So I'm going to suggest a couple of names to you and see what you think. Dominic Cummings um, would remain uh, as the one we carry over simply for this one tweet. Apparently he tweeted out today, I haven't actually seen the Britney Spears tweet, (laughs) where he's apparently coming down on her side and telling people to tweet the Capitol building in America to make sure that she gets out of this executorship or whatever it's called. Conservatorship. Sorry, conservatorship. 
what the hell is he thinking? I know. I, I think mean, it was very late at been, night. He's been in that dark room a long time. Uh, yeah, he needs to get out. I mean, he's literally ruining his own legacy, isn't he? Uh, oh, totally, I mean, yeah. I used to think Dominic Cummings was this very clever, incredibly intense kind of um, man who was probably someone you would definitely want on your side at all times because he would be the guy to make everything happen. And he's kind of lost all of that now. Yeah, he's, he's untrustworthy. Himself, he's yeah. disloyal. Yeah, he he's clearly like obsessed. Erect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's quite interesting how the people who despised him are now sort of more interested oh, yeah. in him well, and letting things go and trusting him. So shallow. Totally. I thought you hated this man. Now you're listening to him right. just because yeah. he hates all Boris. Of a yeah, the sun shines out of his bum. I know. Right, doesn't it? <laughs> He'll probably get a job at the BBC. Well, maybe they'll give him his own show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll give him Newsnight. Uh -huh. To be fair, I would watch the first one. Also, he's not very engaging. I mean, he was on it last week because of the interview he did with Lord Kunzberg. And because he keeps saying all these things which potentially are kind of, you know, landmines that would mm. blow up any mm. other politician. But people are just kind of going, eh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's Boris. What do you mean? Oh, well, Boris, what? You mean he did something that you thought was unwise? Really? Oh, what? You mean he didn't listen to the advice? Really? You know, and you go, well, hang on, you were in charge there. You were there running Downing Street. I mean, how is it possible that... I must say, though, I do sort of feel sorry for Boris in all of that because you'd look at the way in which Boris stuck his neck out for Dominic mm. Cummins when he had that drive up to Durham. Yeah. Lovely part of the world, though. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. But you just think, what are you doing? I know. Because all of that good faith that was built up, I think, of after Boris came out to bat for him, mm. is just lost. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, and, but you're right. The hypocrites that are coming out now and saying, so funny oh, to watch. he's great. He's, I agree with you completely. Mm. You know, you're our new messiah. Yeah. It's an absolute car crash inside Downing Street, which I'm sure it is. Mm. But, you know, it doesn't, hasn't got any worse since Dominic Cummings left. Well, I was about to say, when has it ever not been, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I meet people that, that work in and out of Downing Street from time to time, as I'm sure we all do. Um, and they paint a picture of a very chaotic working yeah. environment where there's not anything really being done that, in the way that it's meant to be done. I mean, I was told months ago, before when they were building that ridiculous briefing room, mm. that, you know, people were wandering around who were part of that team who were trying to teach everybody how to, 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 to operate, you know, television technology and all of that. There were people wandering in and out without passes. Right. The security wasn't very good. You know, they'd go to this kind of coffee room where everybody was. Nobody was wearing a mask. They were all sitting down, you know, laughing and joking. And there was nothing like social distancing going mm. on. All of that kind of stuff. Because it's a very weird place to work, you know? It's a very labyrinth-like sort of They've setup. They've got far too many people in there. And they've probably got far yeah. too many people. Yeah. And they're all, you know, sort of vying for attention. Yeah. And they're all trying to be the guy that the Prime Minister notices and all of that. I can it's just it's a very, absolutely awful to And it's in full of sort of young Dominic Cummings types. Yeah. You know, who are all probably... Little spads. Yeah, spads <laughs> being the opposite word, yeah. So, so he's one possibility. The mm -hmm. other one is Sakir Starmer, who right, I quite yeah, often obviously. like to carry over. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything particularly plankish that he's done this week. Well, actually, ye the yesterday he was on a different... A r oh, yes, he likes to go on another radio station, and, yes. Um, and he was basically saying that it's not enough to have vaccine passports. Mm. That's right, he we was U-turning. Oh, yes, well. He was doing his own U-turn, wasn't he? He wants both. Yeah, so he wants testing as well. Mm. I mean, it's not happening, is no. it? I mean, he'd be there all night. He'd be there all night. I think Sakir Starmer is actually quite a good one for this week yes. because of what he said okay. yesterday. And for the fact that he's been sat on the fence for so long, right? He's had probably got more spelks to his bum nah. than the Well, I do like to say to about him, he's never seen a fence he doesn't want to sit on. Oh, he totally. can't walk past a fence. Absolutely. You know. Definitely. Well, maybe he's the man, because the third option, obviously, as ever, would be Prince Harry. Oh, well, there but, we But, I mean, um, I'm, I'm happy to go with Starmer as the character. Let's do Starmer. Shall we? Starmer. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that means we've got the nine that we need, so all we've got to do is now whittle them down. 
So I'm going to suggest that we... Darren, you kick off with your three. Emily will choose which one she prefers. So the Conservative Party and uh, the BBC, Emily Maitlis and June Sarpong. And then the third one that I did was the LSE. Well, not the LSE, the LSE class warfare, the LSE whatever it's class called. Warfare, I'm going for the yeah. BBC over the June Sarpong because it just winds me up that she's paid so much yeah. to do a job, a non-job. So the BBC for you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so you tell me your three and I'll pick one. So that was Alice Perry, I believe her name is, that Labour councillor right. yes. from Islington. Then it was Marlborough, the tobacco company. Oh, yes. Uh, for that their good, yeah. hypocrisy and whatever. And uh, the last one was the Liberal, Baroness Kennedy. Baroness ah. Kennedy, the Liberal uh, peer. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Marlborough. Yeah, yeah, I think Marlborough yeah, are good because, totally. I mean, it is ridiculous, isn't it? Brand hypocrisy. <laughs> biggest tobacco company in the world, <laughs> Philip Morris. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I used to know, funnily enough, and this is apropos nothing, but I had a, a, a relative at one point who was a doctor in, um, in North Carolina and South Carolina where they used to grow a lot of tobacco. And he used to have people coming in who were tobacco pickers who would have, like, tobacco poisoning on wow. their arms because they'd pick the tobacco and put them put it sort of like that mm. and carry it somewhere and they actually had tobacco I mean it's quite dangerous tobacco I mean mm. I'm not saying you shouldn't smoke um, smoke if you want you know it's still legal but you know the idea that they're suddenly going right that's it yeah. no more tobacco but also these, you know, these companies have a, I didn't mind people dying yeah. you know for, for decades before that was fine you can imagine that they're saying all sorts of different things depending on where they are in the yes. world much yeah. like that they probably wouldn't have the LGBT flag in like yeah. certain oh, yeah. countries yeah. but yeah. they also, have it here Selling, yeah, are. if you're not selling Marlboros in Britain, does that mean you're still selling them in France? Or? I imagine they are. Really? The French aren't going to stop smoking French anytime like soon, are they? Yeah, they do. I mean, in fact, when I was 16, I used to smoke Gouloise. Oh, I thought wow. it was very cool. <laughs> and I, God knows what damage that did to me. I was smoking about 30 of those a day for a couple of years. You know, <laughs> well, I lived in Paris for Without months. filters as well. <laughs> yeah, what, without filters. Oh, my God. All right, nice. so, so Darren, you get to pick my three. So I've got um, Sajid Javid, and Neil Ferguson, and Allegra Stratton. I've, well, actually, oh, that's a hard one because I'm torn between Ferguson and Stratton. Mm. I think it's going to have to be Stratton because yes. I actually can't figure out one, what the hell her job is now, two, why <laughs> the hell that's her job, um, and three, well, who's the person? Well, what happens once now? once COP26 happens? Or exactly whatever it is, what then? Which is in September. Does she get another job? Yeah, well, COP27, won't it? Well, do the they green just, machine. I mean, do they just kind of roll the yeah, jobs churn over? Turn it now? out. Turn it out. I mean, yeah, I remember. I'm old enough to remember a time when they didn't really have this many special advisors. Mm. I mean, it was Blair that kind of brought most of them yeah, in. Yeah, there's You know, suddenly, you know, there's now dozens of them. Yeah. And yeah. they sort of revolve in and out through different departments. And one minute, one minute they're working for Michael Gove, then the next minute they're working over here. And it's just, you can't to keep up. I know, and then we're all shocked when they turn out to be lobbyists in five years' time. Yes, isn't that funny? <laughs> isn't right. it funny? So the three to choose from then, the BBC, Allegra Stratton and Marlborough. So, what are we thinking? I mean, they'll, all, they'll appear in one, two, three. I mean, order. obviously I'm going to go for mine. You see, this is what women always do. The women on the panel always go for their own one on the grounds that they think it's a victory mm -hmm. if theirs wins. Yes. I don't think like that. No, I, I, but I, I, I thought do that was like the point. Marlborough. I thought it was supposed to be a victory. No, oh. it's, a, it's a collective effort. Okay, I'll stand down. It's like I mean, you can. You mean you know, Dawn Neeson gets very excited when she wins and hates it when hers doesn't get picked. Right. I still think it would be a good one because people will be like, huh? Yeah, Why were they Marlborough. applying? I do like Marlborough. Well, I, I do. Well, yeah. I actually do like Marlborough. Yeah. But 
<laughs> Maybe it's not so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Allegra and. Um, so we've got Allegra Stratton and the, BBC. and the BBC. I think Allegra Stratton should be number two. Yeah. If we make Marlborough the winner. Are we going to make Marlborough the winner? Well, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think so. You think? Yeah. Yeah. So Marlborough. Um, uh, well, should it be Philip Morris? I suppose we should. Philip Morris. Should yeah. Sorry, Philip I forgot Morris. his name. Yeah. Um, he's not. I don't think he's an actual person. <laughs> it's just the name of the company. Oops. Allegra Stratton number number two and the BBC very much a favourite uh, coming in at number three. So that's very good. I think I think we're done. So. Uh, congratulations to Marlborough and you, Philip Morris. Well done, indeed. You have become the plank of the week. Thank you to Darren. Thank you to Emily. Uh, we'll see you next time.